evening, everybody. Welcome to 22 Now on Area 22 Productions. I am your host, as always, Mark Mendoza. And uh, we got a great show for tonight, like we always do. Um, everybody should be very happy because we have a very interesting person on with us right now who's coming on right now. Um, of course, everybody out there knows that Twisted Sister was just inducted into the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame, all right, uh, on the West Coast in California. And uh, this gentleman here was responsible for getting us into the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame and uh, getting us out there. It was a pretty big project to get us all together in the same place at the same time to play three songs for the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. Anyway, it was an amazing experience. The guys in the band and everybody around us and everybody in that building had a great time. So please, everybody, a warm welcome for Pat Jeswaldo. Yeah! Hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Mark. Pat, thank you for taking out some time and uh, spending a, an hour or so with us tonight. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of things I want to talk to you about, uh, all great stuff. But it wasn't until after T.S. played the uh, um, the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame induction. Um, it was probably the next day that I really learned a lot about you. You know, all good stuff. But you know, in reading into it and looking at everything, I'm I'm really amazed at what you've accomplished. Uh, not only the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame, but another part of your life. It, it's just incredible. And I'd I'd love to, if you don't mind. Talking about that for a few minutes here, um, I don't think everybody realizes how um, you are involved with so many things and and people and children with disabilities. You really advanced uh, with the program that you have, and I haven't said it yet uh, because I want you to say it and tell us exactly what it is. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, sir, I do, Mark. And uh, first of all, I just want to thank you and the band for being at the Metal Hall of Fame. What a huge honor. And man, did you guys just kick some serious ass. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, I, and, and uh, you know, of course, you know that, that we came a day early and we actually did a, a rehearsal and uh, we were prepared to play even seven or eight songs, but I think three did it. You know, and uh, and of course we had Mike Portnoy with us, who's a great friend and you know an amazing drummer. And of course uh, Eddie Ojeda was uh, not feeling well; he was ill. But we had a good friend of ours, Keith, uh, play and fill in for for Eddie, and it was still an amazing night. It was we still got up there. We felt great. The audience loved it, and I saw you on the side of the stage smiling, man. Oh, yes, you did, and uh, I, did. I was so happy and so proud of you guys, and thank you so much. It was a great honor, and it was ju just an amazing night, and I'm still, the energy that you guys have is just off the hook. <laughs> Here it is. Awesome. Here's the award. There it is. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Yes. So let's let's get on. We can talk about that again, but let's get on to a couple of things here. Um you are a celebrated drum virtuoso, um, a, a, an amazing drummer, but you came up with a program, including drums, to help people with disabilities, children, soldiers. I mean, it, it's massive. I could go on for 20 minutes just stating everything you did. You actually met with President George W. Bush. 
to uh, expand this program into the military and also the Mideast. Uh, the West Bank region of Israel helped disabled Israeli and Palestinian children. I mean, that is amazing. Tell us about yeah. this. How did you come up with it, and what is it? Well, the program is is dad drums like drumming drums and disabilities. Um, I've been doing it for well. I pioneered the healing art of drum therapy, uh, which goes back many many years. Uh, originally, I've had dad as a nonprofit for almost twenty years now. Um, but the whole drum therapy movement came from um, my background i had a severe battle with a disability myself as a child so um the doctors at a very young age originally thought i had cerebral palsy thank god i don't um but i had some significant issues um i tried to speak at four years old i was i wasn't able to speak i had no fine motor skills and no coordination i couldn't even touch my thumb to my pinky um, I had braces on my legs from my ankles to my knees because I had mm-hmm. uh, no fine motor skills. And I was also severely dyslexic, so I couldn't read or write. But at the same time, I wanted to be a drummer. And um, I guess really a long story short is a lot of drum teachers couldn't help me because they had they just had no idea how to help me. Um, so I had to teach myself how to play the Look- drums took me i would practice like three hours every day so let me let me stop you right there for a second so playing drums means how the rest of us actually understand it you know um i can play drums i'm certainly not you or mike portnoy but you need all of your limbs to be doing something different at times right i mean for the independence exactly so how did you get especially your legs to do that in, in those in that condition well I couldn't um, even my hands it so I I would practice three hours every day mm-hmm. and it took me one full year just to coordinate my hand and my foot to come down at the same beat at the same time Oof, that's how part of same was time yeah wow yeah so, three hours a day for one year just to be able to bring my left hand and my left foot down at the same you're, time you're you're proving something I'm, I'm guessing in the medical world that the fact that with determination and practice, um, you can make you know the brain signal the nerves and the muscles to move at some point or another if you keep doing it. Yes, how I found out, and of course I didn't know at the time, but what I was doing was I was retraining the synapses in my brain. Yes. yes. And through the repeated exposure to the rhythms and patterns of drumming. And from that, um, that basically helped me beat all my disabilities by the time I was in junior high school, thankfully. Mm. And uh, I am just so fortunate to be able to uh, give back, you know, uh, what I was able to receive through the love and support of my parents and my family and, and some very special teachers. Wow, uh, a fantastic story. Um, so, uh, you know, besides me, I mean, I... I, I I see you at the, obviously the, the the award ceremony, but I didn't get really much of a chance to hang with you or talk with you, which you know you're fascinating. You know, Laura turned me on to everything you've done and, and you know what you've accomplished, which is this freaking amazing. It really is. It's amazing what you've done, and uh, 
you know, the next time we're together in person, which shouldn't be too far off, um, we would love to hang with you and, and talk to you about all of this a bit more. But right now, we're, we're, gonna... on, we're live on TV, so we're going to continue discussing this. And um, so with besides you developing it and making it happen, have, are you able to teach disabled people to do this or are you a teacher or you just develop the program how does this work now are other people involved with teaching uh disabled people yeah so what it it was a very strange way actually um but it's kind of very related if you think about it too so when i graduated high school um i went to college and of course you know the doctors told my my parents i would never even be able to go to school so um when i graduated college i uh, by that point i was a professional drummer um i was playing with a lot of different artists and bands and managers and label projects and stuff with sony and columbia and all that stuff and um uh, but i also had a private teaching practice and i had almost 100 students a week and for whatever reason as god would have it uh, most of them a majority of them had some form of a disability whether it was Tourette's, MS, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, ADD, behavioral issues, dyslexia, Tourette's syndrome, um, ADHD. And I knew that the way, well, I really wasn't sure, but the way in which I was teaching them was helping them to develop retention, coordination, fine motor skills, and physical and cognitive functioning, going way, way back to the way in which I taught myself. So... Um, at that point, I had, I had seen how I was helping them in some way, developing all the disabilities, uh, the, the, their abilities with their disabilities. And so I tried to reach out to some doctors to say, listen, this is what I'm doing, and I can show you, I can prove to you how drumming helps. And people didn't want to hear it. So I, I talked to doctors and researchers, and everybody thought I was crazy. And I said, well, I, I, I can tell you because I did it for myself and I'm living proof of that, but you can't use yourself, right, as an example, especially in research. So I finally, long story short, I finally found a doctor, a researcher who thought it was interesting. And I did a research study and I showed how, you know, the program was helping people with disabilities, children, adults. And then from there, uh, by that point, I had contacted Mayor Bloomberg. Um, when he was mayor at the time in New York City. And I said, well, I'd I'd like to do something with the kids. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to do a program based off, you know, drum therapy. And we launched the very first program in PS282 in Queens. And then um, about two or three years later, I had the program in over 15 countries where I trained psychologists, brain surgeons, occupational therapists, physical therapists, special education teachers, and drummers in the modalities of drum therapy. So I train them directly, and then I'm the only one that can certify someone as a drum therapist. So they're certified drum therapists, and then I help them go back into their practice or their neighborhoods and work with their within their communities to help special needs children and adults and wounded veterans and that's kind of how the whole dad program started so um the the um the motion or the the uh physical of playing the drums all right just 
just playing drums. Is that the basis of it all? Because your brain is telling each limb to do something different? I mean, obviously, someone with a disability like you, you went through it. You, you actually developed the program. So at first, you probably, and I'm guessing because you haven't really gone into it, couldn't play just standard drums, right? And you, eventually you, you got to it. So what point are you at now in your life? I mean, how is it easy for you to just jump up on a kit and start playing with a band or, or do something? Or do you still have, excuse me, do you still have some problems making it all work? Wh- wh- where is it at now for you? No, I had beaten um, all my disabilities 100%, thankfully, wow. uh, by the time wow. I was in junior high school. So it was like nothing ever happened to me, thankfully. Um, and that's how I became, and I don't use the term lightly, but a virtuoso drummer. So because I had to focus, and there's a way in which um, you apply drumming, and I had to figure it out for myself, the way in which you do the rhythms and patterns, uh, there's a special way to do that to help retrain the, the synapses in your brain. So if you think about it, the neural pathways, mm-hmm. just think of it as like one string going from the left side of your brain to the right, which would be the neural pathways. Sure. And the people with disabilities, there's slices in that string. So what has to happen is that needs to become one strand consistent without any gaps at all. And uh, those neural fibers have to become one all the way through the brain. Um, because a lot of times what happens is the, the neurons and the signals, will f- if there's a gap in any point in that string and that string is broken, which is the neural fibers, uh, the neuron, the processing will go through, but then just fall into the gap into like never, never land, right? So you will never complete the, the neuron, the, the process from going from A to Z. Right. Whether that's thinking in your brain, okay, the process of I want to move my hand and then move your hand. It never gets to that second part because of that gap. So sometimes you're only stuck with either the first part of that, of the thought of wanting to move your hand, or the other part of that, of just moving your hand, or sometimes none of it at all, um, which was partly my problem as well. So. I figured out a way to use drumming to make those neural make those neural fibers become one piece, one solid strand all the way through. So, in in doing this therapy, you're actually healing that conduit. You're actually that's almost unheard of. Yeah, I never say it's a cure. Um, in my case, it was obviously a hundred percent. But, and again, in like the research studies that I do, for example, um, with a lot of my therapists throughout the world, I do different research studies. The one I did in London had uh, several children in in high school who were uh, self-mutilating. They were cutting themselves. They were missing school. uh, Their grades were horrible. And within about five months of doing drum therapy, they stopped the self-mutilation, and their grades improved 100%, and their attendance improved 100%. So, uh, go ahead, continue. No, okay. So, um, I was just going to say that. The same thing, for example, with people with autism. So, we've helped people speak for the first time, which was my issue, right? Although I didn't have autism. But we've helped people sing for the first time, speak for the first time, um, 
there's a lot of milestones, uh, you know, and a lot of tears in this program, especially when parents can see their child speak or sing for the first time. It's unbelievable. So at, at, um, at, at I, you know, it, it's tough to ask some of these questions, but at what point, is there a point where you just can't get someone to come back? You know, they, they're just stuck with what they have, unfortunately. Oh, yes. And unfortunately, that's why I never say it's a cure. Um, I've worked with uh, very young children to elderly people to, um, if you think about it, wounded veterans who might need to assimilate to a prosthetic device, Mm -hmm. right? Because those neural pathways, you still have to move uh, the prosthetic limb for, uh, you know, an arm or a leg or whatever, or PTSD. But sometimes they're just... um, the disability is so severe, like some of the young children, all they can do is they're in breathing tubes and in wheelchairs and they can't move, but all they could do is respond by blinking their eyes or maybe just a little bit lifting a finger off of a table and that's it. But even being able to get them to do that on command is just amazing. At, at what point when you're working with someone, I, I mean, is it... Uh... Obviously, now you have other people that are that you've certified to teach the program. But let's just take you for example. It, it, and I'm sure every single patient is different. Every person is different. No two cases are the same. But um, you know, when it gets to a certain point, like you were just talking about, maybe uh, a child could just blink his or her eyes or just move a pinky or something. Did you ever see someone get better at that point? Yes, uh, being able to at least respond to the commands repeatedly. Um, That's the key, is being able to see if they are able to do it repeatedly. Um, I could give you a case of a man who was 56 years old. Um, His name was Johnny, severely limited, uh, severely dislayed, could not speak, could not uh, count out loud could not move his hands. And within three months of doing drum therapy, I had him doing uh, not only hand patterns, like a right, left, right, left, right, right with his hands, but also verbalizing it to the best of his ability, which he was never able to do before. And then also have him do cross patterns between the hands and the feet. So like a left foot and and a right hand at the same time. And, of course, you know, the people that were his caregivers every day for many, many years in his family, you know, they see that, and it's like, wow, you know, that's, that's, that's really powerful. Oof. It, just amazing. Um, but it's got to be heartbreaking for you, and I'm not trying to harp on the same thing, but it's got to be no. heartbreaking for you at one point when you just feel that this person's just not going to go any further. Have you gotten to that point? And gone past it and then realize that the subject really is improving? It, they are improving, yes, and many times that they just can't. Uh, for example, people with cerebral palsy. Um, perfect example, I have a drum pad right here. Let me show you. Hold on one second. So here is, here is, um, and I don't know if we can get the full picture of it, but so here's a drum pad. Now, somebody with cerebral palsy, in many cases, their hands will be inverted. So they can't hit this way. They can only hit backwards, for lack of a better term. So what we'll do is we'll have somebody hold, or myself, hold a drum pad. Whoops. Hold the drum pad to the side. Yeah. And then they hit backwards. 
So I have to get them to do the same thing forwards that they could do backwards. But they do it backwards instead. Well, yeah, because that, their hand, but they, but that's all they can do if they can even do that because of the physical condition, right, you course. know, unfortunately. So um, when you get somebody to a certain point where they're improving um, and you're doing drum therapy, but are they playing drums or keeping the time beat with music also playing? You have a, Is that part of it also, or is it just bang on drums to make sure someone's got a good meter or something? How does that work? Uh, well, that's, that's very interesting you bring that up, um, because sometimes, yes, sometimes they can play to uh, music. Um, sometimes they can't. Um, and I usually do it, a session will either be one-on-one or in a group with no more than 10 people at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can. Oftentimes, it's a conflict between the, the parents, right? The mother and the father. The father will be like, I want my son to be Buddy Rich. And the mother will be like, no, this is a therapeutic intervention. And sometimes the, 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 the two parents will just come to heads quite often. And unfortunately, um, and as a male, I guess I could say this, but the fathers have an extremely difficult time in helping their children with a disability. I guess it's just one of those things as males, you know? Yeah, really? Oh, brutal. A lot of times I'll have the, the fathers be frustrated and grab the person, the child's hand if it's a younger kid. They'll be no, Pat said do this, and I'm like, no, no, it's okay, you know? Sometimes I have to ask the fathers to step out of the room, you know, because they, they're just... I think a lot of times the men will blame themselves, the fathers, that their child is in this condition. I've seen that so many times, Mark. It's unbelievable. All over the world. So awful. I, I think it's, it's just inherent, right, as male, that we feel responsible. But yet from the female side, I guess because sometimes the mothers are more nurturing, they understand, and they can deal with it a little bit easier. But I've had cases where... Um, where the child by that time they're 16 17 18 and they're actually abusing uh the parents physically um and sometimes it's the way the males respect you know kind of respond to that too so it can be very 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 difficult in those situations wow just uh you know the 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 thought train on this is just almost endless in in so many directions um it's great to have you on here to actually answer uh, these questions and uh, and speak about this. So uh, let me let me go to right now. You're, you're mostly talking about, and I'm I'm only like guessing because we haven't spoken enough about this. You're talking about um, a child with a born with a disability, right? So yeah. say when I was reading some of the things about you, um, and in in this um, on, on this paper that I'm reading, it says that you actually helped. Um, disabled Israeli and Palestinian children that were injured or hurt during the war and things like that. Is that correct? Yes, that's so correct. Is uh, that, is, is that yes. different than trying to help someone who was born with a disability? Um, no, it's the same thing, is just it? in a different part of the world. Right? If you think about it. Um, yeah, but, but, those, but those children at one point had all their motor skills. Right, so uh, in some they, cases, yes. At least, Correct. right, right. So at least they knew what it was like before they were hurt. Yeah, you know, that's both true. Same thing, same thing. The veteran. Yeah, same oh, thing. Right, and of course, a veteran. 
you know. But so take take a veteran that was injured in, in a battle in war or something, and then let's compare it to a child in the same thing. Who is easy to deal with, a child or a veteran? There's got to be different things because there's psychological effects there from what they went through. Yes, and of course, uh, and there's there's a post-traumatic stress to both situations. You don't necessarily have to be um, a veteran to have PTSD, right? No, of course not. Of course not. Right. Uh, for example, um, so I work with a well. To answer your question, um, they're 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 both horrific, just in different ways. I mean, the the veteran who had his whole life, right, and then unfortunately something happened. Now maybe nothing happened physically, but it was more mentally. But still, something happened. But then you have that younger child, right, who because of an effect of a bomb or something too, right, um, was fine. And then in that situation, uh, so they're both horrific, just in different ways. I mean, it's it's crazy. And then, as I was saying with the PTSD, so I work with um, I work with a lot of state agencies, federal agencies, uh, the Department of Defense and the Pentagon have had me come, and uh, they called me a couple of years ago to uh, do a special training for mental health directors. So they flew in eight mental health director from bases around the world and i trained them in drum therapy and then they went back to their bases around the world to work with you know some of the soldiers Mm -hmm. um with the cases that you're mentioning in uh in palestine area in the middle east that was the department of state and they asked me if they could take me to the west bank region of israel and Palestinian areas to work with the special needs children and of course I said yes and what a great honor um, that is as well but then even locally um, just some horrific things too unfortunately we um, I got a call one time from DIFUS Division of Youth and Family Services um, last year for a child who is now about 12 or 13 but he was sexually abused at six months old so you just hear some horrific things that it's like how do you deal with that yeah just unbelievable oh so let me let me ask you a question about you yes do you ever get affected negatively especially mentally do you ever get affected negatively by seeing all of these things going on does it ever get to you well that that's a that's a that's an awesome question um, I have to fight for them as much as I fight for as much as I had to fight for myself. And I know the only way I can describe that is it's like being trapped within your own body. If you're not able to speak and move and right. do things, it's it's her. I, I can't even begin to explain what that feeling is like. You're in your then, own jail. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Um, and it's like either somebody having duct tape across your mouth. Uh, or your hands tied or your legs tied, right, for, for many years, and then being free of that. So having known that struggle firsthand, um, I always try to get inside their head as much as possible to help them so it doesn't affect me. The thing that does absolutely kill me is children with cancer. Uh, to know that I would be working with a child and then the next day not have that child be there, 
is just that I yeah, can't it's, deal. It's it's a rough one to see anybody like that. It's also it's even worse to see children and watch their families yeah. suffer because of this. But you do an incredible thing. So you know, just getting just getting right back to this, what we were talking about. So you actually have your own version of PTSD that you might suffer from being in this program or 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 being around of this all the time. And I'm not saying you know that what you're doing isn't great it's it's it is awesome what you're doing and how you're helping people and just looking into it in the last few weeks ever since we did the show and i heard all about you uh, laura and i have been talking about this for quite some time and um you are really an innovator in getting people to be better or well mentally and physically yeah, and thank you for that. Uh, that's a huge honor. Uh, yeah, I mean, I pioneered uh, drum therapy, and who knew at the time when I was a little child that the way in which I was teaching myself would become drum therapy and used around the world. Um, I, I was also signed by Alfred Music Publishing to have my book, The Healing Art of Drum Therapy, um, that helps drum teachers and instructors and things like that um, work with the special needs adults and children and guide them um as far as ptsd no i really don't have those issues i think people ask me that all the time mark it's like well did you beat the hell out of your drums as a kid never once i always approached it as um because the frustration levels were like off the hook um i mean imagine practicing three hours a day to try to coordinate your left hand and your left foot to come down at the same time and not being able to do it till a year later three hours straight so the frustration was there but the drums i've always i've always approached it as and even now as an adult i've been playing for what 44 45 years whatever it is and i've never approached the drums once to get my anger out i've always approached it as a beautiful delicate thing i i think maybe because sure. it, it helped me so much and i respect my drums, and I have an 11-piece double bass drum set. So there's a lot of aggression for me to take out there. Wow, it's, that's <laughs> amazing, <laughs> sure. That's amazing. The, um, <laughs> you know, so how how well do you play drums? I mean, I didn't get a chance to see you play drums at all. I mean, I, I mean, like if, if Mike Portnoy couldn't play with us that night, would you be able to do it? Oh, yeah. I, I play, I oh. play, um, <laughs> uh, um, and I... I Please don't take this the wrong way, so, and anybody listening. But um, I, I'm on the level of a, of a Basio, Terry Basio, Bill Bruford. Sure, um, sure. Not that I'm saying I'm, I'm as great as them. I'm putting you on the spot. They've done. Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. But I just wanted to know how far along you are. So, like, if Mike can't uh, make it one time, do you want a shot at the title? <laughs> Absolutely, I would love that. Yeah, I play, and, and Mark is a bass player, you know this, so I play a lot of the advanced polyrhythms. Yeah, um, I do a lot of um, people that have heard me, and of course I have the Metal Hall of Fame All-Star CDs, so I have uh, Steve Vai on there and Jeff Tate, uh, Michael Romeo. I wrote some very intricate pieces um, along the lines of like a Symphony X or, or a Rush or a Yes. So that's... Um, my my level, of course, I love jazz and fusion too. Wow, it, fascinating! So um, let's go back just another minute because this thing is constantly popping into my head. Have sure. have your disabilities uh, affected 
anything else in your life besides your motor skills? Like, is your hearing okay? Your eyesight okay? Uh, um, you know, w- what about everything else? I'm 100% as if nothing ever happened, which wow. blows my mind. Because I see the struggle that I went through from four years old to junior high. And then, boom, by, by junior high school, everything disappeared, 100%. Like, it never happened. You know, uh, just... I don't. I mean, I want a standing ovation for you, man. Thank for, you. Not only for yourself, but yeah. for you know everything you've accomplished and how much you've helped people. It is, it is amazing. I mean, you know, it, it, even on our chat, you know, we look at the chat, Laura and I, and, and Stephen, and we run everything and we see things, and I get things on Facebook and all over the place, and it makes me feel incredible when somebody says. T.S., our music got them through a really bad time in life. But you're really changing people's lives for the better. You know, and I'm not putting us down at all or like, you know, disqualifying the fact that people get through rough times. It it makes me feel amazing when someone comes up to me and said, you know, I had cancer and you got me through the rough times. I had, you know, mental uh, uh, issues and stuff, and I was in bad shape for years. And your music got me through. But you, my man, you're doing incredible stuff. You really are. Well, well, thank you for that, Mark. But you know what? You and I do the same thing, just in different ways. That's that's very humble of you to say that. No, that's absolutely true. Because music is so powerful, and um, and I know, Mark. The calls that I got from that people that came from Norway and Sweden and Finland and many countries to come that night to see you guys play was unbelievable. Wow. So well, congratulations yes, yes. to you. Yeah, uh, you're right. The people, <laughs> there was some very funny stories about that. But um, there's a Billy on the on the chat right now. I got to say something about him. Um, <laughs> I saw him in the hotel that we were staying at in the lobby, you know, and we, we had a very funny exchange. It wasn't bad at all, you know, and I had to run out. We had to do something or I was going someplace and he wanted to stop and get a picture of me to sign something. Not that I, I wouldn't, I just couldn't do it at that moment. So, you know, he said, oh, come on, come on. So I said to him, he was, you know, he's not a young kid. So I said to him, how would you like a nice Hawaiian punch? You know, so he just—I'm the guy that that uh, asked you that you said, "How would you like a nice Hawaiian punch?" Anyway, he had a great sense of humor. He, he took it really well. I didn't hit him though. I, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. There's none of that going on. But still, it was very funny. And uh, you know, if I ever run into him again, we'll we'll make sure he gets his autographs and pictures and whatever he wants because I could tell he was a he's a huge fan, and that's what that's what matters. But you know, so the the feedback. That you and I, you get and I get, and and D and JJ and Eddie, and of course now Mike Portnoy about what we do. Um, you know the fact that people just love it. You know it's just not. Um, God, it's so tough to explain sometimes, but it's just the feeling that you're doing. You're making people feel good. They're not going out and committing crimes on your music. They're not, you know, hurting other people. You just make them feel good, you know. And this day and age, people need a lot of help. You know, it's not getting any easier on this planet to, you know, make things happen. So you want to know that what you do is actually 
turns out well. I never thought when I first started as a musician, like in the Dictators, or even before that, when I was in high school and playing in clubs and and stuff. It just, but it, it kind of later in in my career or our careers, we kind of morphed into that and realized what we do, what we do, and what we did. People love and makes them feel better. And you are doing incredible things. I mean, I I can't keep up with everything that I'm reading about you. I'm like, this guy is amazing. You know, it really is. And, uh, you know, the next time we're on the West Coast, the next time we're on the West Coast, I, I want to meet up. We want to meet up with you and just spend a little time. I, I want to play with you, man. Yeah, no, I'm here in Jersey. I live in Jersey. Oh, you're on the, you're on the East Coast. Oh, yeah. Man, okay. Okay. Then we're going to make something happen. Oh, um, well, we definitely will. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. So, um, anyway, let's go. Let's change change gears here a little bit. Change direction um, real quickly. The Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. Okay, when did you start it, and what made you do that? Okay, that that's funny. So that was kind of a really. Uh, personal experience for me. So, as I mentioned to you, uh, you know, as a drummer, I've I've played, I've you know, I've performed and recorded with Jeff Tate and you know Chris Poland and a lot of major artists and bands. So, I also am very friendly with the guys in Deep Purple. Uh, I'm not name dropping. I'm just leading up to where oh, it's going. Not to be, not to sound narcissistic. Sure. So, um, I got to be friendly with everybody in the band, right? Through all the stuff that I've done, and when they were inducted, this is exactly how it happened, Mark. Um, when Deep Purple several years ago were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, I was doing a gig one night. I came home like one o'clock in the morning and I'm watching my little TV in my kitchen. And uh, it's at the point where Deep Purple gets inducted and Vicky, John Lord's wife, goes up to accept on his behalf because he had passed away by then, unfortunately. And I don't know if you got a chance to know John, but just what a wonderful human being John Lord was. Uh, met him, but I didn't get to know him. Oh, just a, a, a beautiful human being. So when Vicky's up there with Ian Pace, right, and they're talking about John and accepting the award on, on their behalf, on his behalf, the camera kind of kind of pans to the audience and everybody's like this, half asleep. And that pissed me off. I'm like, how could you do that to John Lord? And then another couple segments came up and Easy e got inducted and the place went crazy. And Mark, it was right then and there within had to be not even 30 seconds. I said, you know, this isn't right. I said, why is Easy e even in there with Deep Purple to begin with, number one? Number two, we need our own award show. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to call it the Metal Hall of Fame. And that was in April. And that January, we had our first show, 3,000 miles away. And that's how the whole thing started. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that, that, that story. That, that's fantastic. That's amazing. And now... You inducted Twisted Sister. We sure did. What a huge honor. You know, and uh, well, that, that brings us to something else right now. Um, you, of course, uh, the Hall of Fame, you started it, you make it work. But we actually had a, a great sponsor that actually brought Twisted out to play. And, you know, because it, it, it's tough to get us all in the same. Listen, the guys in the band, we're all good friends. We talk often. There's there's group chats that are like probably illegal. You know, I mean, just the stuff that goes on between the guys in the band is insanely funny. Really, better than any comedy you ever seen. So, and we're highly dysfunctional with each other. 
<laughs> yeah, Lori's going. That's yeah, hysterical. They but in any, oh yeah, it's funny. So, but in any case, um, you know, you you wanted to du- induct Twisted Sister, which happened, but you had to get us out there. So, we sure did. Um, and that happened because of Rock of Vodka. That's what and I was I'm extremely that, yes. grateful for that. Oh, without a doubt, Rock of Vodka. Um, and uh, Laura, can I pick up the bottle here? Yes. Why don't well, that's what we want to do. Okay, okay. So let let's let's if she's ready, let's bring Darlene in. Is Bobby there now, too? Now, Darlene and Bobby run Rakavaka, and Rakavaka. Hey, Darlene, is welcome a, to the chat. Uh, just make sure you mute your microphone. Darlene, hi. Right, just make sure to mute your microphone. Yeah, we don't hear you, Darlene. And you should be good to go. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Darlene from Rakavaka. Hey, Pat. Hello. And I have to say thank you and your brother so much for being such an important part of the Metal Hall of Fame and for this gala. And I, I love you guys, and I can't thank you enough for all the hard work that you've done uh, on our behalf. Uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. And we appreciate thank you, you and everything that you're doing. And it was our honor to sponsor and and take care of Twisted Sister. We look forward to doing many, many things with you guys. Yes, of course. And um, we do, and it's great. You have already an endorsement deal with D. Snyder. Um, And and I'm telling you, the package and and the bottle is, is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if anybody can, oh, you got it too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We made sure we had one to, to, to bring out here and show. Do we have the box? Do we have the package? We can hold up. I think we have the package to it also. So I'm going to put it right here for a minute. And uh, the package is incredible. Um, you know, what a great job you guys did. And you brought Twisted Sister out to get inducted. You took care of all of us and got us there, which is a tremendous feat in itself to get us all together in the same place at the same time. You know, except for D because he lives on the West Coast. But, yeah, everybody, just take a look at this. What, what a great, amazing... Let me get the reflection off it. Package here. D. Snyder. Rock of vodka. That's the vodka that, that rocks. That's a beautiful, that is absolutely oh, beautiful, that whole package. package. Yeah, it really is. It's great. And, of course, the package, the bottle comes in this box, this package, and it is great. And it, what more do you want? You got D. Snyder's face on there. Uh, I, I could think of something else I want on that box. <laughs> that no, bottle. D. Snyder. Um, but you know what? Great job you guys did on this. You know, getting D's thank face on it and D on it, and um, you know, it it just and thank you for bringing. You know, some of us were not that we didn't want to get inducted, but we all had things going on, and we had to basically in the last minute put our lives on hold for a few days. And Mark, I, I need to interrupt you for a minute, Mark, because I know you personally had some other scheduling conflicts, so I oh, thank you for that as well. Tremendous. I had to move a couple of huge things that I was doing. And I and, thank you so much for that. Uh, it, 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 it was great. It was so well worth it. It really was, because the the everything leading up to, to performing on stage at uh, at the club w- was amazing, but doing those three songs and just all of us like you know smiles from here to here, right? I mean, came off stage and 
and I remember, you know, everybody congratulating us. It was a great show. It was a lot of fun, you know. But it really was a great time. It was a good time for everybody. All the other bands and musicians, everybody in the audience. It was, it was a, it was a great time. And and I got to thank you guys for bringing us out there. Really, me uh, too. No. One thing that um, is great about Twisted Sister, and you can't say this about every single group that is out there, you're 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 just transcending. I had my 20-year-old granddaughter there with me that was blown away. <laughs> you know, she was working with me, and she's like, Grandma, I never thought that I would feel this way. You know, <laughs> and there was, and I saw younger kids there. Yeah, oh yeah, I saw, yeah. We have a, we have a series and 16 amount of years old that were just rocking away. So that the, there was, was a guy amazing. in the audience. There was a guy. The guy in the audience. So a guy contacted us here. I think it was about the week before we came out. He contacted on the show, and he all he wanted. He was from Alaska. He was flying. Yes, in. I know that guy. Right, right. He was flying in. So. On the air, Laura was telling me that this guy's flying in. He wants a picture and an autograph. I said, you know what? If he's coming in from Alaska, I want to see his ID and his boarding pass. Otherwise, he gets nothing. <laughs> You're going to make that claim. You're going to make that claim. You better have that. And he did. He showed us everything. Oh, my goodness. He, trust me. He had anything that you wanted because yes, I spoke with him for great. about a half hour. Right. Um, you know, because people were taste testing the Rock of Vodka, hanging out, listening to the music, enjoying the wonderful event that it was. And, you know, we hope that people really take to the Rock of Vodka because it's meaningful to us in many ways. We are here to, as a platform for artists to give them branding, whether they're a new group or an amazing group like yourselves with Twisted Sister. Um, it's made in Spain out of grapes. It's going to be available um, at Stereo Garden, 89 North bunch of places hard rock cafe um, but all of it is meant to be for people and groups like twisted sister well that's great yeah well that, that that's absolutely amazing and you know it was incredible I, just the fact that people would come up to you and say i'm from australia i flew here for this i ran into people from sweden yeah and i'm I not talking about, and i'm not talking yeah. you guys won't get this one and i'm not talking about johnny fedrickson yeah, we know Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about him. But <laughs> nothing against him. We love him. But yeah, I, I couldn't believe just walking around and talking to everybody that they were from all over the world. Yeah. Everywhere. It was amazing. I mean, South America, Mexico, there's a bunch of people there, the fans of ours from, from South America, a bunch of fans from Mexico. Um, just incredible to see that. It really was. And you guys made it all happen. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I Pat was, had an all-star cast there. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, in, in, in the in, people have been asking me about this, this particular thing about what I was set up there. But you know, I had a speech. I was going to say something, you know, but and it was funny. And I did say one thing. I wanted to thank the Academy for this award. I was like, oh wait, I'm in the wrong place. You know, <laughs> that <laughs> was hysterical. <laughs> but um, you know, I I dumped the whole thing and I had it memorized. It was really good. It was some funny points, but. You guys, you know, all of you, and the guys in the band, D, JJ, um, you know, even Eddie that he's not there, Keith, and of course Mike Portnoy, um, you know, I got to do something that I love to do one more time. 
You know, that meant the world to me to just get up, even though it was three songs. I love what I do. You know, so that's why I said that from the stage. People was wondering, why did you, not that it was bad, but, you know, you're thanking the guys. Of course, I thank Pat, and I made a mention about you guys. And uh, But, yeah, I got to do what I love to do one more time. You know, what kind of gift is that? And I'm still in, in condition to do it. <laughs> I didn't show up to the show with a walker or something, you know. No, and and that's why I said, Mark, you guys blew it away. I mean, yeah. you, it was just off the hook. And yeah. I'm not just saying that. There are people that don't like rock that have called me and said, you know, I saw what you did. Twisted was amazing. So like it was like going back 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wish. <laughs> and we oh, hope it's not the last time we see you all together. Who knows? You know, listen, everybody in the band says, we used to say, nah, it's never going to happen. There's no talk of it right now, but we just we go well. We can never say never because we don't ever we don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know, if anything uh, is going to happen or won't happen, or who, who knows? We're not. You know, everybody's busy doing their own thing right now. So uh, you know, it is, I, I mean, I, I, I right after it, you know, the week after the show in in L.A. at the club, uh, I had Dion, and we we went on for an hour and a half. You know about a lot of things, especially being on the West Coast and him working, you know, with you guys with Rockavaca, and uh, then the the following week I had JJ on, you know, so it was explosive. It was it's still electric. People are still talking about it. It's still all over the place, which is fantastic. And again, you know, and I thank the fans because without them it would never have happened. But um, what was it also what JJ said to me when he was on the show? Yeah, but with us it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, but. You know, it wouldn't have happened. You know, there was always there was been a twisted sister for a long time, and only half of our existence were we, you know, popular more out of, out of the club scene here. But you guys made it happen. I, I got to just say a big thank you. Uh, me too. I have to. I have to second that because if it wasn't for the fans, you know, and the Metal Hall of Fame is all about those artists, Mark, such as yourself and Twisted, and so many of the inductees who have worked so hard to carry that flag for hard rock and metal for so long and it's just such a great honor to do something to um you know honor all of you and it's also for the fans you know i'm, I'm so grateful to, to them because it's for them as well you yeah, know and since we're on that i should say that and people need to know this you know so we're 100 percent an official nonprofit. so every penny that goes into the Metal Hall of Fame and the Dad program stays there. Not one penny goes into my pocket. We don't. We have a board, but it's all volunteer. Not one penny is spent on anything other than the Metal Hall of Fame and and the Dad program. Incredible. And a lot of people don't know what goes on behind the scenes to make this happen. Of course, people like you, Pat, are the ones that start things like that. And the fact that Twisted Sister is in the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame, and now there's a museum, and you're heading towards putting the museum together also, right? Or something like that? Yeah, we're uh, we're working on that, and we're going to see what happens. Of course, okay. uh, there's, Not a there's a lot of good but things with that. Also, and I'll say it one more time, the fact sure. that um, sponsors that help these things happen, you know, Rock of Vodka, I mean, we, it wouldn't happen without them. So you know, it's important. And, and Darlene, I want you to know that a few people in the chat said even they don't drink, they're going to buy it. 
because it's <laughs> D's face on there and it's Raka Vaka and you guys got us to play all together. <laughs> I'm watching this now. It's great. Uh, it really is. Uh, tell them thank you and we hope that even though they don't drink. It's funny that you're saying that because when we were in Sweden at the Time to Rock uh, uh, festival, we had people that wanted just to buy the empty bottles. They're like, I'll give you $100. I'll give you $200. I want that bottle. You know, they just... And all our bottles are like this. So hope one day we have one with you on it, Mark. <laughs> I'm getting thumbs up over here from Laura. <laughs> yeah, rotka vodka. <laughs> but but it, 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 what's that? <laughs> Do the voice. Rotka vodka. <laughs> it's uh it's it it really is great and it's such a pleasure to have you you guys on with us and um you know the thank yous go out it really is and you know pat hearing your story about uh drum therapy phenomenal man it just i didn't know it was that deep and it's deeper than we don't have enough time to discuss everything but we will again in the near future uh, we'll have you back on, and 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 maybe we can have somebody who went through the program, you know, who's who's much better now, um, and and can discuss, you know, tell us their experiences too. Such such great stuff, it really is. And uh, you know, our theme this year is, uh, you know, we're going to be doing some events, not twisted, but myself and and Laura and some other people, and I think. Uh, you, Darlene, you guys will be involved with it too. It's mental health awareness, yes. you know. So we're going to have some events going on this year. And who knows? I mean, something big enough, maybe TS to be there, but we haven't discussed it. So, um, but uh, it, it it is so fantastic what you what you all do. As and uh, Darlene, you as a sponsor, you and Bobby as a sponsor, you you make these things happen. You know, you got us all there. That was a hell of a feat. <laughs> it went, on our end, it went back and forth and back and forth. And we're going, we're not going. We're going, we're going. Hey, listen, guys, somebody's got to give me an answer because I can't just leave last minute. <laughs> you know, I gotta, no, I said somebody's got to give me an answer because exactly. I need to know what's so, going on with the show. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, and poor Danny, Danny going back and forth, Danny too. Stanton, so I got to yeah. thank Danny as well. Yeah, Danny for, Stanton did a lot of work on this. And, you know, exactly. everybody did. Everybody involved, yep. you know. Mike, and, uh, you know, Portnoy, Portnoy and Steve Vai, too. I'm so grateful yeah. for them being there as well. Yeah, yeah, Portnoy. You know, Mike Portnoy had to put something aside also to come out and play. You know, we, we wouldn't do it without him. Um, and uh, it, it all, you know, the pieces just fell into place. In in a, in a couple of weeks before the event, which was absolutely amazing, absolutely incredible, it really was. I got to thank you guys. It was a great time, and hopefully, we'll do it again really soon. Rocka Rocka looks forward to working and being part and honored of Metal Hall of Fame as well as Twisted Sister. So we thank you for that honor. Right, we're gonna we're gonna Darlene just. Oh, Darlene, uh, Laura just posted everything about Rock of Aki, where they can find it, where okay. they can purchase it, where they can contact you, and, and to support the Metal Hall of Fame also. So it's Very all important. Up, it's, it's up on our Facebook. It's up on everything. And, uh, uh, you know, and we will definitely, this place, this station, this network will support everything that you guys do also. You know, we're pretty powerful in the business. So we'll make it happen. And it, it was great. I can't thank you. And thank Bobby, too. I don't know. I will. Yeah, thank He's Bobby. not a social media person, so he had no idea what was going on with the Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So unless I'm physically there with him. Yeah, okay. 
to do it with him, and I and I, I'm sorry for that. I should have stayed at the office, but um, I came home. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for spending time with us, and I'm sure you guys will be back on with us in the near future because I think, as I'm looking at Laura over there, we all have plans to do some stuff together. You know, this year, later on this year, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, I'd love to have you both back on again at some point, even separately, to just talk about business and make things happen. Our pleasure. Thank you. That'd be a great honor too. And uh, yeah, I think we're all going to be doing some great things together. And mm-hmm. I am grateful for both of you and for Twisted and 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 even for Mike and Steve being there, Mike Portnoy and Steve Vai. Yes. And uh, I'm just so glad that it happened. And I'm I'm just so thankful for such a great event. And what a great honor to have Twisted into the Metal Hall of Fame and to have Rockabaca as as a main sponsor. And I'm I'm extremely grateful for all of it. We're we're all lucky. The fans, um, you, me, Darlene, Bobby, we're all lucky that everything worked out and we yeah. were able to all fulfill our you know, obligation to it. But it's not an obligation. I love what I do. I just, it was rough planning it. It really yeah. was rough planning the whole thing. And thank you to Laura for putting us all together. Yes. Big hoot. Big... Yes, thank you, Laura. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Well, anyway, guys, we're gonna we're gonna get going, and um, okay. like I said, we'll be in touch. We're all in touch, and Pat, well, you're only over there from here where I'm sitting. You're only on that direction, not that far. So we're gonna play together, my friend. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to put up. All right, the rhythm section. Here you go, right without a doubt. All right, everybody, thank you guys. Nice, thank you, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for a great chat tonight. A lot of good information up there. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to talk to everybody except for Brian. You yell at him that he wants a nice Hawaiian punch. And next time I see him, I'll make sure he gets one. (laughs) (laughs) Only kidding, Brian. Only kidding. Anyway, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for a great, just a great show. My guests were amazing. The cause is incredible. Great stories. Great entertainment for me. I hope everybody else loved it. It seems like you did. So as I stay all the time, you know, everybody, stay healthy, stay alert, and just be back next Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. for another 22 Now. Have a great week, everybody. Ciao.